Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 152 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, we did something that is even rarer than a harvest moon, my friend. We have seen each other physically. I know. But not we intimately. We didn't hug, though, or anything. No, no. We no stayed hugging. socially distant. Yes. Way more than the six feet slash two meters that people recommend. Yes. You were uh, on the boat. I was drowning uh, in the St. Lawrence, and you refused to uh, toss out a, 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 you know, any kind of life jacket or, you know, life preserver. So thank you or for almost killing I me. I was on my front porch, and you were on my lawn. Standing yes. on my grass. Yes. Ruining it. <laughs> that's fine though i like who else is going to stand your grass it's these okay days? it's going to be covered in snow very well, soon yeah one and then who else is going to stand your grass these days no one really well Although somebody go. visited somebody rang my doorbell today brian yes yeah, so let's talk about this because you rings very, doorbells you were very so somebody, about yeah this. somebody rang the doorbell i answered because i'm pl- i'm pleasant and nice and uh she notified me that there's a law that's been around for many years that i had no idea but if you have a cat you have to be paying a registration fee of 25 dollars a year I did not know this. And I said, we've been living here for 10, actually 12 years. We've had cats 11 of those years. And uh, no one ever told us about this. So you're a cat delinquent then? I guess so. But my cat doesn't go out. So I, like it's, I never really looked into getting it a collar or a name tag, which is basically what you're getting, right? I'm going to be sent a collar yeah. and name tag in the mail. But since my cat doesn't go out, I never really thought of getting her one. So. Is she chipped? Uh, no, no chip for her. I mean, like I said, she doesn't really leave the house. So yeah, we had to get ours chipped in Montreal here. Is it a law? Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's mandatory now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So she has the mark of the beast inside of her body. Okay. When we took her to the vet, it was the first time that she ever wanted to go back into the cage because she was just done with, with being at the vet. <laughs> and now, uh, is it like NFC enabled? So if she goes by a card reader, like she sets it off. I haven't tried. So uh, I live right next to a bus stop that has, uh, yeah, an NFC um, uh, scanner. So I should, I should probably try that out and see what, what happens. Oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, you used to be able to like, uh, not so much anymore, but you used to be able to like um, see bus times and you used to be able to see a map and stuff. It was much more interactive than it is now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, when it works right. But uh, as you can imagine, with Montreal being, you know, a, a, a city of, of four seasons, it's, it's tough to sort of get anything working any of the seasons. And also a plagued city. Yeah. Well, yeah, I live in a doomed city. And, uh, you know, this is uh, where we're at today. We lost power today, for example, like for for a while. So that was fun. A friend of mine was actually uh, in the middle of shopping at Walmart. So she took an Instagram video of being like, I think this is finally the end times. It's possible. So I told her you should just start yelling out, it's the purge and just like, you know, take people out and just run out. Who cares? Well, speaking of the purge, this is the last episode of recording before the U.S. election. And this episode will have come out the day after the election. Yeah. So, like, we don't know the outcome. We don't have a crystal ball. Uh, I know how you and I are both leaning. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's time to, uh, you know, get rid of Gary the Gary Johnson, guy. right? Is Bring, this the yeah. thing? <laughs> Ralph Nader. It's Ralph Nader o'clock, everyone. Okay. Bring Bob Dole's, like, really, really crappy body back. Is he still alive? I don't think so. I think Bob Dole passed here. Hold on. No, he's still alive and he is 97 years old, my friend. Good for him. No, not good for him, but yes. Well, he wasn't. Look, you know what? Compared to uh, the current president, Bob Dole looks like a Democrat. True. Uh, And uh, both of those are chumps compared to my favorite living president, Jimmy Carter. I hope I didn't curse him by mentioning his name, but Jimmy Carter is, of course, a personal favorite of mine. They made him. He's an amazing person. They made him sell his peanut farm uh, when he was elected, you know, and. Look how far we've come. Yep. 
and he still builds houses uh, for people. Yeah. Uh, seeing his, I, I've mentioned this on the podcast, but seeing his congressional library last year in Atlanta was super, super cool. Actually, this time last year, pretty much. When you could travel. I don't remember what that is like, but Angela, it was really nice to see you. Uh, I, I'm glad we, we saw each other. There's a picture up on her uh, Instagram feed uh, for those who want to see what it looks like when we, uh, we actually took pictures of each other. And then my wife snuck a pic of both of us taking pictures of each other. A very meta moment for all involved. And we stayed at that distance. So don't worry. We shouldn't have caught anything. Not I, I don't think either of us are sick anyway, so that's not a big deal. But No, I'm best, just sick of... Best of, safe than sorry. Yeah, I'm just sick of you. We, we <laughs> do have uh, very specific laws here in Quebec right now to make sure that uh, the virus does not uh, start overwhelming our healthcare system. And uh, it sort of seems to be working what we're doing. Well, according to Alex Jones, right, you need vitamin C, vitamin D, and some zinc, and you're fine. Anything he says is wrong, usually. So It's kind of tough. No, so... Uh, I need to preface this by like, I couldn't sleep last night. So I listened to Alex Jones and Tim Dillon on Joe Rogan, right? So last time um, Joe had Alex on uh, was in March 2019. And that was just a train wreck disaster. Um, Alex Jones ranting for almost three and a half hours. This point around, this time around though, um, Joe kept him to task, which was kind of a, a different sort of, of tone that I'm used to, that, that I'm used to in between these two. So he really like was asking Alex for his sources. And then he kept getting his producer, Jamie, to, to fact check as much as possible when Alex just popped off. Was he ever right? Yeah, he was actually right a bunch. Uh, so that was kind of insane, yeah. Hmm. So he talked about Bohemian Grove uh, for a while. Okay, but that's the thing. He, that's how he got his start anyway. Yeah, with uh, um, John Ronson. I read that book. Don Johnson? No, Ron Johnson. No. <laughs> You're screwing me up here. <laughs> John Ronson. Yeah, I liked him on Parks and Rec. Oh, this is such a fun episode. Yeah, we don't even know if the United States exists right now. So that's uh, really, really fun. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's Actually, isn't that what Trump said? Yes. We'll <laughs> yeah. see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I linked you to a really cool um, Twitter thread the other day about a prototype for a Genesis controller that uh, kind of prefaces the, the Switch one, the Joy-Cons. It really does remind me of the Joy-Cons a lot. It's kind of crazy, yeah. So basically, there is a left paddle and a right paddle. And um, so there are two circles with handles. Um, kind of Wii style. And then in the middle, there's a, a sort of like, I don't know if it's cheap or not, but a, a plastic kind of connector that connects the two. And of course, we will be linking to the uh, tweet in the show notes because we are, uh, as much as this is a visual medium, we don't want to start describing a ton of pictures in, in minute detail. Yeah, this is, uh, this is radio on the internet, but we also have pictures on the internet we can give you. Yeah, there's also a, a trigger underneath one of That's the- That's uh, pretty ahead of its time. I actually agree. I wonder what made them decide to scrap it. They probably designed this late. I have no idea of uh, where in the lifespan of the Sega Genesis and the Mega Drive this fell on, so I don't know what happened there, right? Too bad this didn't make it out there, but uh, what was that vector thing called? Oh, the there? activator. Where, yeah, the activator. That was terrible. It, yeah, it, the activator sure was a bad idea. Yeah. Let me jump kick my way through Mortal Kombat. Worse than uh, the Power Glove. Oh, way worse than the Power Glove. The Power Glove was miles ahead of that, and the Power Glove was terrible. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. Uh, I think we're on the right side of history with that one, though. Uh, I, I challenge anyone to try and convince us that the activator is better than the Power Glove. You can go ahead and tweet at us, double underscore density. Uh, let us know about your hot takes all about <laughs> one uh, peripheral versus, or accessory versus another. Well, speaking of accessories, Brian, there's an accessory coming out that I'm pretty excited about, and it's the HomePod Mini. Oh, yes. Let us get into this. Apple came out with the iPhones and all that stuff, and we talk, we've talk. we talked about the HomePod Mini already, sort of, right? Um, but uh, did we talk about it? Did we talk about the new iPhones? Yes, we did, Yes, right? we, did. we did talk about the new iPhones, yes. <laughs> oh, everything's just a blur. 
I've been thinking about it and I've actually, this is the product I've most been excited about from Apple since the watch. Because it's a, it's a, it's a decent price point for you and you're super excited to have Apple tech in your home surrounding you. It is a very decent price for something by Apple. So you were telling me you were thinking about buying multiples. I will. I'm, I've decided I'm going to buy three and I'm going to use one in the kitchen and one, I'm going to try a stereo pair in the living room to be hooked up to my Apple TV as well. And I'll see how that sounds. If it sounds, I'm going to try with one and then I'll try with two. If one sounds fine, then I'll put one in my office in the basement. Okay, because I was imagining that you were buying three to replace the members of your family. No, I will not replace the members of my family with that. Though your wife was also on my side questioning why you needed multiple of them. Well, I'm going to try it. And if I want more, I'll get more. (laughs) I also am looking to see if the original HomePod goes on sale. Because the original HomePod, uh, the thing that stopped me from buying it is the crazy price. Yeah, also, you just love the idea of being able to talk to more machines. I talk to my Google Home every once in a while. We ask it questions. It's actually pretty helpful. It's going to be very helpful this weekend on Halloween because uh, we're not going trick-or-treating this year for obvious reasons. But I've told my kids I'm going to have like a, a haunted mansion treasure hunt in the house. Okay. And the we have four Google Homes. So we've never we've never paid for any Google Homes, right? So they all <laughs> Google just throws them at you because they want to be in your house listening to you so that they can help you with your searches. That's all they want to do, right? Well, that's, yeah, of course, that's the only thing they're doing. They're not, uh, you know, um, actively listening for for words like kill shot. Yeah. So I'm going to have Google Home playing uh, spooky sounds around the house because we do have one in the uh, on the top floor, one, two on the ground floor, and one in the basement. So they'll be going around looking for candies and fun things. And uh, there'll be scary sounds. So are you looking for scary sounds or, or scary music? I'm going to do scary sounds. Okay. I used to have Google Play Music on these because it's part of the YouTube subscription. So you get Google Play Music for free, which is nice. And Google Play Music was, I'd say, just as good as Spotify or Apple Music. Anything I needed was always there. They've changed to YouTube Music. Google Play Music is no longer a thing. They've, uh, as we say in the tech world, sunsetted it. (laughs) And YouTube Music is terrible. Like, I don't understand how it could be that much worse. But so many times you'll ask for something and it'll be... A cover of something. So I, the other day I said, oh, can you play uh, the theme from Star Wars? And they played some guy's piano cover of it. Oh, you didn't get the disco version? No. So it's uh, it's very bad. Uh, so your biggest gripe is that it doesn't do artist selection properly. It's terrible. It really, like, Google Home is really good at understanding what I'm saying, but when it comes to playing music, it has a lot of trouble. Do you have one near you right now? Yeah. Can you go ahead and ask it to play? Um, so one of the most covered songs of all time is the Beatles yesterday, right? Okay. Can you give it a shot? See what it says? Hey, Google. Can you play yesterday by the Beatles? All right. Yesterday, remastered 2009 by the Beatles. Playing on YouTube music. Okay. So at least they, they were able to find the Beatles. Hey, Google, stop. That might be a, a new DMCA takedown right there. Angela, watch out. I'll um, I'll bleep it or something. I don't think. Did you hear it very well through the, <laughs> no, the speed, no, no, no. through the microphone no, anyway? But it did find the correct thing. Okay. So, what if you didn't give the the musical um like group? Hey Google, play the song yesterday. Okay, yesterday remastered two thousand nine. Hey Google, stop. Ah, okay, all right, it works. So yeah, it works uh, even when I just say play yesterday by uh, uh, play the song yesterday. Now Google thinks that you're a Beatles freak, so congrats. Well, I do like the Beatles a lot. So, <laughs> Angelo, uh, one tip for you then in that case, and this is we're living in a pre 
a Halloween pre-election world, but this is post-Halloween, post-election release. Uh, Throbbing Gristle's first album, the second annual report, is a perfect spooky soundtrack for kids. It's very in- early industrial music with uh, weird sounds, so uh, give it a shot. Is there naughty language? Uh, it's way too muffled to make out most of what's going on, so no. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of muffled sounds, oh God, uh, yes. in looking at reviews of the HomePod and stuff, just to get a sense of if I would ever really want the, the original, which I'm still on the fence about, um, I came face to face with audiophiles again, Brian. You love just dealing with them. It's just so odd to me. And I think they have some strange audio-based illness, maybe. <laughs> Where they can only, they hear certain things, you know, you, you come up and they all hate the HomePod because it's garbage, right? Like it's, it's, you know, it only costs $300. It's, it can't be a good speaker. From, from what I've heard, it actually sounds pretty good. Our friend Tyler has one and he likes it. He says it works really well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the HomePod minis and I'm sure audiophiles will not like them at all because it's not a hundred thousand dollar speaker. <laughs> We're going to have audiophiles after us. That's fine. Listen, like you and I have both discussed the the oddity and the the obsessive nature of uh, a lot of people tend to be very obsessive with anything musically related, right? So whether it be your hi-fi setup or um, your uh, band setup, you know, or as you know, if you are someone who plays an instrument, your setup or like what you appreciate is can be very, very specific sometimes. Yeah, I, although I've never been like that. Isn't that weird? Yeah, you literally told me that you want to buy the piano from Big in order to be able to uh, play because you're tired of trying to use the activator to write music. Yes, uh, that's exactly what I do. One of the weirdest parts, so you and I were talking about this online as we often do, and you linked me to an article that sort of went on and on, and then they mentioned a forum that I've looked at a couple of times since you and I have had the conversation. I am, of course, talking about hifiwigwam.com. Yeah, I saw that's actually a forum as well. I thought it was just a, um, a convention, but I guess the forums uh, is the one that hosts the convention. Yeah, they're popping. The two biggest things, of course, are private um, hi-fi classifieds who have almost 20,000 posts. And then a little bit over 20,000 posts are eBay links for different um, uh, hi-fi uh, b- uh, bits of gear. It's a rabbit hole that people fall down, right? You, you get obsessed with certain things. And uh, do you sit, when you listen to music, do you sit quietly in a very, uh, in a chaise longue and put on a uh, LP on the turntable? Angela, I'm an urban millennial. I have no room for a chaise longue. Okay. And you have, you have, a, I bet you have a, a turntable though, right? No. You don't, you don't, you don't listen to vinyl? I picture no. you listening to vinyl. I have only. nowhere to listen to vinyl. Okay. I have oh. a, I have a, a, uh, a classic Sony record player in storage that I haven't used in about 10 years. It's just a myth, right? That vinyl sounds better than like digital. <laughs> I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make better. sense to me scientifically. It depends on how you define better, right? I guess. Is there Ugh, more headroom in a, 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 a vinyl record? Absolutely. What do you mean by headroom? There's a warmth to it that, you know, uh, uh, the solid cold, uh, distillation of uh, digitized music doesn't necessarily have. Right. So it's, and we talked about how this is, uh, active versus passive listening too. I think I, we've mentioned the realist. I, uh, have we talked about this? I can't remember anymore because I also didn't sleep last night. Um, staying up all night listening to Joe Rogan. So uh, Joe Rogan didn't cause me to stay up all night. I could not sleep and therefore listen to Joe Rogan all night. Okay, and that helps your sleeping. No. Yeah, it got me bored enough. Oh, I guess. Uh, maybe you discussed it on your other podcast, Dakota. Oh, perhaps. Yeah, with Rob Christopherson. It, it sounded like I said Dakota. <laughs> yeah the dakota podcast yes the yeah Coda. but uh, the idea that uh yeah i think vinyl has an interesting sort of, of sound to it that uh cds and digital music um sort of like are too perfect almost 
Okay, I haven't listened to to, um, to a vinyl record in a very long time. We had one at like when I was growing up. I one of the things I listened to the most uh, was the again. I'm going to mention it again the, for some reason. Uh, the I don't listen to this all the time, but as a kid, I listened to it a lot. Was the Star Wars soundtrack? Huge surprise there. And I think you have mentioned on the show because I remember specifically you mentioning that was one of the first because we did um, the history of recorded music, like uh, okay. uh, audio players. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, and, so uh, I, that's why I remember that you were a Star Wars head very early. Angela, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? I don't want to get in trouble, so I'd rather not mention. Because according according to Kanye West, the prequels are better. No, the prequels, I I loved them when they came out. I was super excited, but looking back on them, I realize how terrible they are. But I have the unpopular opinion of really liking the latest trilogy. Yeah, uh, very hit or miss. But do you think that because I kind of felt um, in the same category as you in terms of liking the prequels because I never lived through the original Star Wars hype because we were both too young for that, right? Yeah, I was born after the first Star Wars came out. Yeah. Um, so uh, you weren't a three-year-old going to see Return of the Jedi then? I did go see Return of the Jedi in the theater because I was six. Okay, so... That I saw. I was going to say, I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater, but I the other two I saw on... Uh, I, I think I saw them on TV. I th- saw the original Star Wars on TV. I don't think I saw Empire Strikes Back until after Return of the Jedi. Not that I cared, but... I don't. I. I don't remember this. The like. I don't remember being shocked that uh, that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Yeah, but doesn't because like, you didn't. You didn't live through the first movie properly, right? No. You know, so we, no. we discovered all these bits of pop culture, you know, uh, in part because of things like The Simpsons, right? Where a lot was spoiled without realizing it was spoiled to actually get to this this piece of pop culture, and you realize that the punchline was right there the whole time that uh, you knew uh, the end game already. But speaking of end game, I got to live through the. Uh, Avengers movies, and those are great. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Very comparable to Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Brian, before we go into the paranormal section, uh, we do have some breaking news. We do. I mean, it's going to be old news by the time this episode comes out. But Angela, you are ready to talk about your favorite subscription model, one that Tim Cook has blessed. He's given the sign of the Apple, and uh, he's sort of given it to the masses. Uh, yeah, Apple One service bundles have launched by the time this is out. I'm not getting one just yet because uh, just last week we were told our Apple TV subscription has been extended to February. So I don't really need to get the you don't want magazines. One service bundle yet. I don't care about magazines. I don't really care about Apple Arcade. Do you care about the written word? I guess I should. I like, like books. What was the last book you read? I'm currently reading a book called uh, Oathbringer. It's the third book in a series uh, called The Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Okay. I'm currently reading uh, a book called Future Noir, The Making of Blade Runner by a man named Paul M. Salmon, but the salmon is spelled S-A-M-M-O-N, not the classic spelling of Salmon. Like Salmon Rushdie. Exactly. Well, yes. Sal Bass. Did you, I can't remember, are you a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan or not? I liked it. I used to watch it. I haven't watched it in a long time, but now that I, I have it on Crave, which is HBO here in Canada, I should watch it. Because we talked about, yeah, of course, we talked about this in person about uh, your love of all things Lin-Manuel Miranda and how you haven't seen Hamilton yet and Disney Plus is there. I really should watch. I, I've listened to the soundtrack. It's fantastic, but I haven't watched Hamilton yet. I should. Uh, it's just, I, I have to set aside, what, three and a half hours? Yeah, three hours and change. Yeah. So I, I'd like to watch it, though. My wife, too. So anyway, uh, wh- why did you bring up books? Oh yeah, because of Apple. Uh, Apple. Yeah, you're one. not caring about the written word because you say no to magazines. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Right now, I don't need it because I, it's it's not going to cost me 
it's going to cost me like a buck more than I already pay. So I'm not, I don't feel like spending that extra dollar for not for, for services I won't use. Maybe when Apple fitness comes out, uh, which is supposed to come out by the end of the year, I will take uh, the jump in and see how that goes. I am interested, but only mildly to hear about the results of this little social experiment uh, called you and Apple one, Apple one and Angelo ANA. <laughs> Great. We'll do a whole episode about it. And with that, Angela, let us move on to the paranormal side of things, my friend. Great. What can space be? What can it be made of? What the heck is all those lights out there? Is it just a black curtain with holes in it? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. Uh, first time of the week, unfortunately, is a bit of a sad one. We'd like to um, send our regrets out, of course, into the cosmos for James Ranney, the great skeptic, uh, who passed um, earlier last week. I don't remember when I first heard about James Randy, but I've known about him, I, I think, like, since my teens, because I think I saw a skeptic show on PBS once. He had gone to a classroom and given people horoscopes and everybody said how great their horoscope was and accurate it was, and it turned out everybody had the same horoscope. Have you looked at yours recently? No, I wouldn't even know where to look. You should probably look into that. Remember in the mid-90s, that was the whole thing where he, he sent out the, the Million Dollar Challenge and things like that? Yeah, that was, uh, well, that's one of the things he's best known for, and nobody ever won the million dollars. And everybody who tries says that the James Roundy Foundation cheats and uh, makes things too hard, but... Look, if you can show up and make a, a vase levitate across the room, you win. It's the same thing as the Stephen Hawking invitation to time travelers to come join him at, his, uh, at the garden party from uh, 12 years ago, right? Yeah, it was great. But yeah, uh, so our hearts go out to uh, James Randi's family. Thank you for being a big old skeptic out there. Double density. Let's get weird for a bit. And uh, this is something that we've touched upon before. Um, and sort of the, this is, once again, I feel like we, we need to come back in November and sort of like re-focus uh, ourselves on uh, purely uh, paranormal topics. But uh, before that, let's get a little bit weird, Angelo. And I, I sent you to a popular mechanics article uh, that was published uh, earlier in October 2020 entitled, A Study Shows There's a 50% Chance We're Living in a Simulation. That's way higher than I would have thought would have been the case. Uh, so explain. Let's start with that one. Well, I didn't really realize that people think it's 50%. I thought there was a marginal chance and it was basically just uh, a hypothesis and a philosophical idea, not that scientists are arguing that it's possible it could be a 50% chance. It filled me with a sense of existential dread. It does fill you with a, a sort of sense of like a, a nihilism almost, right? Well, what does it all mean? Where does he, what's, what's the saying there by, uh, what's his name? Captain Steve Brule? <laughs> <laughs> Captain? No, he's a doctor, sir. How dare you? Doctor, okay. Sorry. Dr. Stephen uh, Brule. Okay, sorry. I thought it was a captain. Uh, so I'm sure it, I'll play it before we go into the paranormal section today. Yeah. Um, so this calculation, of course, comes from a study uh, from 2003 from Scientific American um, entitled, Are We Living in a Computer Simulation? by a philosopher named Nick Bostrom. And of course, scientists and philosophers are kind of going at it, um, sometimes uh, from the same angle, sometimes from different angles in terms of like trying to ascertain whether or not this is all predetermined and we are just running. Someone compiled each of us and has decided to hit execute. You know, you would think about this as an idea that's it's always the 
stereotypical two stoners in a dorm room talking about do we see the same colors and all that stuff. And now it's because of the matrix, it's kind of moved on to us being in a simulation. And after, look, I won't lie, after I read this article, I was having lunch. I'm like, I thought back to that uh, scene in the matrix where he's eating the steak and he goes, I know uh, don't, it's not real. Don't, please don't start with the steak scene, please. I, I, I hardly remember. I haven't seen the matrix in so long. Okay. No, it's just a friend of mine really, really like when he gets drunk, that's his favorite thing to make as Google is to make oh, us. Oh, really? He, yeah. Uh, huh. side, side note, it's my friend Tony. Whenever he gets drunk, he wants to make steak and watch the Matrix steak scene. Um, oh. But yeah, so he tries to tell us that we need to watch a YouTube video of Joe Pants uh, cutting up steak. Okay. Do you think that the Matrix has sort of introduced, well, yes, unfortunately, like the Matrix has done a lot of, of bad in society, right? When you think of uh, the concept of the red pill. Oh, yeah. But do you think that the Matrix has sort of advanced the the idea of of a lot of this, of, of simulation theory, right? Of, of you know, uh, being alive inside of, of a computer simulation? Well, yes, they, they, they brought it to the masses, to people who, who would norm, normally have, uh, you know, they're not, people that would not normally have been looking into uh, deep philosophical thought uh, sort of got to think about this because of an action movie. I do think that there, uh, because I'm just thinking back to your statement about the two stoners in the same color and things, um, you know, like it's kind of like the next level. How would you of know, them. Brian? How would you know if my brown <laughs> is not your blue? Well, listen, Angelo, reality is just an agreement that we've all signed on for, right? Like, let's fundamentally, yes? I guess. Well, I don't know. Do you, do, tell me, like, what an empirical reality is. I choose not to answer your question. <laughs> it's tough, right? Yeah, it, it really is. If you think about it, if this is a simulation, then certain people have cheat codes. For example, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, I just watched an hour and eight minute video all about him. Uh, yeah. And now look, there's some sort of virus going out there. It just, it really, it's really very odd when so you start I hate, thinking I hate, about I that. hate to make light of this, and I really like, I'm not trying to approach it in this way, but COVID-19, is it just a, a version of a, a computer virus? It's possible, I guess. It's I mean, just, if we're operating under the idea that we're in a simulation. Look, I don't think we're in a simulation. I don't, I don't buy this theory, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there's a 50% chance I'm wrong, but... I don't think so. Like right now my back is hurting and it feels real. Yeah, but it could be programmed that you were supposed to hurt your back at one juncture, right? Well, it'll happen when I was on a walk for the, the other day because of the stupid pandemic. I go I go for a walk every morning to get some fresh air. Yeah, you sent me a picture of a shack the other day, which very much confused me. And then you said, this is where you'll be recording from. So you're not in your shack right now. So you, no. sir, are a charlatan and a man filled with lies. My shack disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> A cat uh, came by and glitched, and then déjà vu is just part of the the matrix, isn't it? Let us talk about something that I I kind of want to bring up um, that is sort of like tangential, and we mentioned this uh, sort of to each other beforehand is the idea of intelligent designers, right? So the idea uh, behind that is that this is all a construct of God um, versus uh, the theory of evolution, right? Because fundamentally, the theory of evolution posits that you know as time continues. All of our, you know, all of the creatures here on Earth sort of like mutate and form into, uh, you know, different stasises and statuses and uh, things like that. Um, whereas intelligent design just tries to wrap that into a, a Christian context and say, no, sure, this exists, but it's because of God, right? So I, I do feel like if we are living in a simulation, then the the idea of intelligent design does make a lot of sense too. Yes, but that was a whole thing created by certain groups to make it sound to make religion sound more uh, scientific. Yeah, and I mean, it came to prominence in the 1990s and continued on for about a decade and a half. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, uh, Richard Dawkins wrote the God delusion about it, basically. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Dawkins not a great man either, but uh, we'll live. Yeah, I've read some of his books. There, he's a good. He writes well. He's he gave us the meme. He did the meme. Yeah, the internet image. I mean, the thing too is that he just uh, he's also uh, you know had some really uh, bad takes. Let's be honest. He's not exactly the a bastion of 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 the way to live your life either. He's kind of a crotchety old man sometimes, right? Well, he literally tweeted out, "If you want to be in a position to testify and jail a man, don't get drunk," which essentially is victim blaming. Yes. What does reading something like this like make you feel though? Like I said, it it made me send like uh, gave me a feeling of existential dread because what what is this all for if it's just a game? Really, once again, is an agreement that we've all uh, made with each other in, in a society. Is it an agreement though? Like, do the animals agree to it? Well, I'm talking about like like um, uh, conscious thought, right? Like we're we're we've been cursed with with conscious thought. That's true. I I wonder what my cat thinks now that she has a cat feeder. She must think, oh, this is another way to get fed. This is great. Nothing more, nothing less. It is what it is for animals, right? Yes. And do you ever sit at home and discuss this with your wife? Well, all the time. And I'm not even kidding you. Huh. My oh, wife we, and I don't care about this. <laughs> we don't talk about this at <laughs> oh, all. Oh, no. My wife and I definitely talk about this on a regular basis. Not like every day or anything, but like this, this comes up fairly regularly. And you guys argue about religion and politics. She's yeah. a hardcore MAGA person, right? Yeah. So the problem is <laughs> she has ordered eight MAGA hats. And I told her, we don't have room for any of these. Uh, so that created a whole fight for the month of May. May 2020. That's why we weren't podcasting as much because I was dealing with a MAGA head in my midst. Hmm. I saw a MAGA hat once at a coffee shop, but it said, make uh, Americanos great again. <laughs> uh, and this is a, a thing that you endorse, obviously. Do you miss going to coffee shops? I, I don't miss the very expensive coffee. No, I've say like we've discussed this before, but I... If there's one bright spot to this whole pandemic, of which there are very few, it's that I've been able to save up a, a lot more money because I've been fortunate enough to just continue working as I normally ha- normally did, and my wife as well. So I'm uh, not having to go, not not having. I never had to go to a coffee shop, but it's very tempting. You walk by, mm, that four dollar coffee smells good. Same thing with us. Uh, all you can eat sushi, right? I know you're a big fan of that. I would, yeah, I would do that like once a month. Yeah, happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. Even though it is very You wish me a, a, a happy birthday the day before my birthday. It's true. You're in actually yeah, you're in my phone because you're, you're not a Facebook person. So I, I put a reminder every year. Yes. But you wish me the day before. And then on the day of my birthday. Well, no, I, I physically saw you in person, right? Because I know. And I, I, it's totally fine. I'm not upset with you. Is deja vu a glitch? It bothers me. Deja vu does bother me. Uh, that was a very quick transition to that, though. People are going to think we we cut out there, and I did a bad edit. I'm just yeah. Gonna, we, I'm we, just we, we talked about I our did secret not edit this poorly. <laughs> we do, we talked about our secret Illuminati, uh, uh, you know, meetings that we had on Sunday. It just was a very quick transition. We went from talking about my birthday to is déjà vu. I it's odd, right? Let's the scientific explanation or the medical explanation about it is that something gets put in your long-term memory by accident that should have been in your short-term yeah, memory. Yeah, it's correct? the way that your synapses are firing off too. Yeah, and that's the way uh, they want you to think it is. <laughs> oh, we're doing the big they again, okay. Yeah. I, do you get it often though? I don't get it that often, but when I do, it's it's very strong. I used to get it in my 20s a lot, and I'll be honest with you, like a lot of 
there was, I'd say from like 19 to 23, 24, there was a lot of deja vu and a lot of like weird premonitions about things like getting off on a bus early and then seeing that bus stuck in the snow. Like things like that happened to me a lot more back then. Well, I had, so this is the second time we're going to mention Seinfeld tonight. Uh, But I initially, we didn't say Seinfeld. It was the, the, in case you didn't catch it, it was the Simon Rushdie Sal Bass joke. But I remember the day of the uh, the Seinfeld finale, there was no real internet back there. And so you couldn't really get spoilers that much. And I woke up with the idea that, oh, there, what the exactly what was going to happen on the show. And I was right. But it turned out that I had the radio playing uh, as I woke up and they were talking about it that morning on the radio because somebody got a leak. I think it was Howard Stern uh, in the morning. So your mind just captured it. Yes. And then I, and then, because I, I was wondering how the heck would I have known? And then it came out that he had spoiled it in the morning. <laughs> so you, you figured that out. So you, you played thought detective on yourself. You no, know, he just mentioned it the day after on the radio, I think. Oh, that, I see. Okay. He had spoiled it. And then I said, oh, that's why I knew what was going to happen. Because it really bothered me that night as I was watching. Like, how did I know this is what was going to happen? So I thought it was psychic. I was not. It just turns out that you're a regular human being. Yeah, this is around the time of the prophecy shows there with uh, Nostradamus and all that. Right. Do you feel as though things like cryptids and uh, alien civilizations and things like that, they're just like, the, it's the equivalent of like, uh, you're a, a child at like sleepaway camp and there's a fire and like one of the counselors is just rustling the bushes to scare the shit out of you. Well, uh, how does this relate to the simulation theory thing? Oh, I, just the idea that like these are... are uh, created to evoke emotions right oh okay and and just uh stir the uh, characters in this video game where we call yeah, it like like when you hit the godzilla button on the original sim city oh yeah or a tornado or whatever yeah exactly but this is all predestined right so we're, you get an idea of how you're supposed to be and then like it's put into play based on on the idea of you living or like being participatory or even just thinking about um, things that are, are not earthly, right? Once again, reality is an agreement that we agree to um, together as a society. But then once again, the idea that there are monsters out there, not everyone agrees with that one either. Yeah, there was a, a, a Doctor Who episode actually where they had this whole simulation theory thing and you thought you were watching the actual doctor and his companions and you were actually watching a simulation of the doctor that he had sent to his real self so that he could understand how to beat these uh, bad guys. So basically just running a playbook and seeing how it goes. Yeah, the doctor's very clever. (laughs) I uh, watched the first season, I'm fine. Like the first season? No, no, the first season season of the reboot in 2005. Oh, it gets so much better. I'm not... Brian, okay, no, we're stopping this show and you're going to go watch Doctor Who. My daughter and I really enjoyed going through the whole series together. I'm getting very mad. uh, I'm about to begin season four of the Battlestar Galactic reboot and I'm very mad about that. Oh, that gets worse. Because it, yeah, it does not get any better. No, it doesn't. I watched that a long time ago. I watched the first three seasons and then I sort of like wandered away and now I'm destined to finish the fourth season and it is a, a ghastly mistake. Have you gotten to the Jimi Hendrix part yet? No, sadly. Okay. You're thinking of you're thinking of Bill and Ted. No, there's an all along the Watchtower thing in the. Uh... Oh yeah, no, I have, I have. Okay, so there. Uh, I guess I should have said Bob Dylan because he wrote the song. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's fine because it's a cover of a cover. I wonder of a cover what of that Google one. Home would say. <laughs> what if you played all along the Watchtower on YouTube Music? Yeah, 
Okay, give it a shot. I think it's gonna okay, let's let's bet, right? Simulation theory. I think it's gonna be Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, me too. Or or Dave Matthews band. <laughs> All right, go for it. Hey Google. Play All Along the Watchtower. All right. All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Yep. There we go. Angela, I feel like this is a great place to end the uh, simulated uh, conversation we've had because this has all been scripted ahead of time. Really? Because I was going to keep telling you how good Doctor Who is and how you should watch I, it. Uh, we'll take that under advisement. Uh, I also don't have legal access to it right now, so i got to figure that out. Oh, too bad. Just get Crave. Oh, yeah. Yet another thing I need to pay for. Yeah. You can afford it. Uh, let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing money everywhere. I mean, I just did uh, buy a used car, right? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I also no, had not, to buy. I had to time. buy a. Uh, uh, I had to buy a computer. Yes, now's not the time for you. You had to spend a lot of money exactly. on things that were pretty essential. Not wants, but needs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, a thing like Crave is a a want, not a need. Yes, it is exactly. I, I had to process that. My sorry, the simulation's not running well over here today. Where can people find us on the simulation, Angela? Uh, on the internet part of the simulation where you could play simulations within a simulation. I was hoping you'd list off our socials, but uh, you guys oh, can find uh, us on at Twitter. double.density.net? No? Double.density.net? Double <laughs> yeah, double.density.net. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's on the internet website. It is. And then you can also find us over on the Twitter platform at double underscore density. And then you can also find us on Instagram, uh, Double Density Podcast, all one word, where you can see our, our picture of us uh, uh, meeting each other uh, recently. Hugging. No. Kissing. No hugs. Yeah. No hugs. No masks. We well, didn't wear masks because we were so far away from each other and outside. Sort of to finish things off, uh, uh, Seinfeld writers had two rules, right? Do you know what they were? Seinfeld again tonight. I know, that's what I'm uh, saying. I'm, I'm bringing this back to Seinfeld. Oh, no, what were the rules? I think I've mentioned this. There were two rules. It was no hugging and no learning. Uh, no, that's never, that's, uh, you've never mentioned that to me and I never knew that. Oh yeah. So that's, that's essentially the core of every script is no hugging, no learning. And then they, they, they really uh, set out and did that. Correct. For, uh, for nine whole seasons. Yeah. This is it for episode 151 of the Double Density. Tune in next episode as we decide which simulation Angela is going to fit in one. Either it's going to be the Tron one or the Truman Show one. Angelo, the choice is yours, but is it really yours, my friend? And with that, I leave you. Bye.